Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. All right, Number so a little, uh, a little late, but on time for us. Why are we late? Well, I had a bunch of people hit me up because it wasn't Wednesday, and they wanted to hear about the uh, yeah, the Cutler. But whose fault is Cutler it? Cast. Well, I mean, this, I told I told these people. I said, "Listen, don't expect it to be as consistent." <laughs> <you know." laughs> so, uh, episode six, a uh, lot, a lot of great feedback on what we've done so far. Uh, it's been, you know. It's it's been you know one of those things where we kind of went through the learning phase in the beginning. Uh, we're obviously building uh, a permanent space here, which we're going to update a lot of the uh, features. Yep, where everything is going to be coming in this weekend, Monday, so we can actually have a a professional setup here. So and show displays, and you know yep. when we talk about certain topics. And, you know, the feedback has been, yes, it's not all about fitness. And, I mean, we yep. hear these things every day. Social media, right, uh, yep. allows everyone a view of what goes on. And, you know, we, we try to, cu- cu- uh, you know, showcase the current events. Yeah. But we still want to show the general lifestyle, not just strictly fitness, you know. Yeah, there's only so much you can talk about. Like, we've talked about this in the past. There's only so much you can talk about with training and diet and stuff like that. You know, you've been talking about it for 20 mm-hmm. years, but you can still, we can still touch on stuff. You can t- still tell stories that people have never heard, maybe that you've never been asked or mm-hmm. no one's asked you in an interview. So we can talk about the current events. We can talk about just everyday life stuff that people want to know about Jay Cutler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was funny because it was uh, it was a holiday weekend, and just off camera, we were just talking about. It. I said, "You know, what is Labor Day?" And you were a little confused because I I knew I know what Labor Day is, but <laughs> like, like everyone that I know works, right? Of course, yeah. So when I look at uh, the celebration of Labor Day, long weekend, you know, I know that most people say, "Oh, it's an extra day to party at end of the summer," right? Yeah, but a lot of people we know work. Because it doesn't, uh, you know, you talk about the factory workers and all that. That's what the celebration yeah. is. And even me, I didn't know that it was actually recognized in Canada, too. Yeah. No, we we don't ever take days off. Like, like we joke about no days off in the gym, but there isn't a day that goes by that there's not some type of work gets done. Because with different brands, you, well, own, you, own, different, you own your business, right? Yeah, so. you, have no, you have no choice but to take time off. but. Like you said, the people around us, whether they're personal trainers, whether they own supplement brands, whether they, no matter what they do, it doesn't slow down for them. J-Mac, you were working. So he's finishing up his season at the... Uh, Does that mean we can get some professional when, work now? <laughs> we're going to keep him busy because, you know, we definitely need someone to uh, to kind of regulate everything that we post up here. You got to uh, keep, someone's got to keep us in check. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of tracking on, you know, the podcast, like, you know, the engagement and, uh, you know, the feedback's been, like like we said, solid. Yeah, it's, I'm noticing more and more people are starting to ask questions because they're seeing that you're answering them. And more and more people are, the, the first podcast, you know, got the most traction because it was mm-hmm. the first one out there. And then the next one got a little less, less, but now it's starting to go back up because people are seeing that there's substance to this. It's not just some, you know, 
same old bodybuilding podcast like a lot of people have. Mm. And there's there's we're talking about stuff that people want to hear about. So they're they're asking their questions, they're giving their feedback, they're they're giving us pointers, you know. Yeah, and listen, guys, uh, you share the video, like, subscribe. You know, we're still trying to build up the subscriber list, but what we noticed is it's been recommended quite a bit just because of the traction, right? Yeah, yeah. When we so get the placement, when you, when you go into the back end and you look at um, where people are finding this, they're finding it from other people in the industry. It's not just from you know we only have a cer- certain amount of followers, but we're getting way, way more more views and way mm-hmm. more. Uh, people are watching it like the people are watching most of these videos and then on the download side on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon the downloads like this last particular podcast got more downloads than the four the four before it combined so it's starting to take off the way we thought it would so thank you again for for everyone listening yeah and and so so like share subscribe Um, you know make sure you guys check out some of our other episodes so let's talk a little bit about Labor Day weekend. Uh, as we were leaving off, Angie was competing okay. uh, prior to Labor Day. So she competed on Saturday uh, in Anaheim, and she had great success there. She ended up winning her uh, class, uh, which was Masters. She got second in the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all in all, we, got, we were able to take a short break after mm-hmm. um, and, you know, relaxed by the beach and I get to film some content with a couple of YouTube guys, um, Cali muscle and big boy. And I got to train over at earn fitness, but listen, man, you, you know, my, my getaway spot is California. Yep. It's where I used to live prior to moving to Las Vegas. Actually, I was in the same area and, uh, just being able to get away and just eat, you know, at a couple of places and enjoy, like, especially after the, the rigorous routine that she went through, yeah. And be able to see her relax. You know, I got a great, great feedback at the show. Uh, a lot of people still following all the social stuff. And, you know, me being there, obviously, it's a positive impact on, you know, the contest, um, you know, for that for that in uh, California shows. You know, Tamer and Tarek are running the contest. And, you know, it's just great to see everyone and uh, be able to spend some time out there in the nice weather. It's just coming to end of season now. Like, you know, the summer is wrapping up, so it's not as crazy busy, which was kind of nice. Uh, but still busy enough. You know, I didn't get to ride bikes like I normally did and, and do as much activities outside. But listen, my heart's still there. I, my plan is still to, uh, you know, have some time split, mm-hmm. spend more time out there. I know you hate it, but. What, what do you, so on a, on a different tip. So Angie's going into a show and you've spent the last, the majority of your adult life being on this side of it where you were the one dieting and people were, assisting you and motivating you and people that are around you. What is it like for you now to be on the complete opposite end of this and have the person that you're with is doing what you did? You know what? I, I actually, you know, she, she gave me a nice card. It's sitting over here behind me and she's like, you know, I want to thank you for the support after, you know, all this happened and, you know, leading in, I didn't train Angie. You know, I featured, you know, we did feature on JTV and, you know, obviously she says, how do I look? Right. And even a week prior, like, I'm not going to lie. She was a little hesitant about how she looked. Yeah. And she's like, do I look good enough? And I said to her when one conversation, I said, yeah, you look pretty good. And she's like, damn, pretty good. Like, that's not, I said, Angie, the, the issue that you don't understand is you're going to look drastically better 
course. From Wednesday to Saturday, right? So every day you wake up, you're going to progressively look better, especially as you've dropped some fluids, you know, things tighten up, especially on the women's side, as you know, because, you know, those tie-ins and what's so important. So I said, you know, you look pretty good because I know for me, I used to tell everyone around me, including you, like, make sure you tell me I look don't look good. Because I never want to hear you look unbelievable because I never wanted to be satisfied. And then, you know, when I'm ready to go on stage and you can say, you got this, like you're good. Of course. But when you're four days out or three days out, like there's still work to do. Nobody is spot on ready three days no. out from the competition. And if they are, that's not good on the yeah, show it's, day. Yeah, it's not good cause, too soon. because you worry about holding it, right? Yeah. So I was kind of hesitant to tell her how great she looked. And I knew that she would do well. Um, and obviously, it's who you stand next to, right? So um, I was pretty proud, you know, to see her up there and see because I watched the journey yeah. from the back seat, like pretty much like watched her do her cardio every day and, you know, watched her go through a nutrition process. And, you know, and then, of course, the water depletion, you know, she was measuring her water pretty extreme. And, you know, she had a coach that, you know, flew in to help her. So I didn't have to dial her in, which was kind of nice because that's very stressful. As you know, you got to look at someone every couple hours. And uh, and also, if you're looking at, it's different when you're a coach looking at somebody and when you're a significant other looking at them. Yeah, well, I'm biased, right? Of course. I mean, yeah. I thought she should have won the whole thing. You know, that's that's how I see it. But that's just, I mean, not that I have a bad eye. It's just that... You know, I see, you know, I see qualities in her that I've watched, you know, transition through the preparation, you know, some of those strong point poses. I mean, you just become favorable towards a different for a certain look. Right. Um, Now, you know, like I said, it's all who you stand next to. And and the competition isn't obviously a national show. It was a national qualifier. So now she can move to the next level. Uh, Her confidence a little higher, but what was nice is, you know, to see the relief yeah. the day after, right. And see, okay, I don't have to be as strict on the diet and the cardio is not at, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a day. I think that's kind of like what you like to see the most is, is the proud moments and, you know, see that the victory was there, you know, and, yeah. and when you win, it's always great, right? Of course. Yeah. It's always like, man, you know, I, I had great success. I always, I always think, especially with women competing, when you're a master and you go do well in the open, that's even like a double kudos because you're competing against people that are, and sometimes half your age. Of course. And bikini is is definitely something that's not. It's going to be more favorable to the you know mid twenties. Yeah. Know? So for her to come in there and do that well. And also, like you said, it's, it depends on who you're standing next to. When you were competing in shows on the pro level, you already can see the list. You know everybody. You have no clue who's showing that, up to these. That's shows. the craziest thing is like I studied my competition, yeah, from the year prior. And luckily for me, like I studied Ronnie Coleman, and it was like one two for a long time. So I there was only one person I didn't beat. Yes, I had challenges from people under me, like it, you know. Gunter Schliakamp, Dexter Jackson, Gustavo Bedell, you know, Marcus Rule, all these guys that were like coming up behind me, then Phil Heath. So I knew what my strong points versus my weaknesses against each guy was. But it seemed like my mind was only on one one guy that I hadn't 
Think, think about though, if you were going into a show and when you show up backstage, you see your competition. Yeah. You have no idea. So it's not like Angie could come, you know, look on the list and go, Oh, I know this girl's strength or this one's weakness. I saw her like, you have no idea. So the fact that she went into a show and, and got in, you know, place in the top two as a master in the open, you know, division, that's yeah. a, dude, that's a hell of an accomplishment. It's great. And, you know, to, to reflect back, you said, you know, yeah, I studied my competition. You know, I'm going to say something for the first time on, you know, on this, this podcast that I never really stated before, you know, you don't fear anyone, right? Because you just want to be your best and you think, Oh man, if I'm my best, I can beat anyone. Right. And I actually knew that at some point I would beat Ronnie Cohen, but there's one guy that I actually kind of feared a little bit if he was because of his capability. And that was Victor Martinez yeah, because he had unbelievable structure. And I'm going to tell a little story about Victor and I hope he hears this. And if someone knows Victor, please send this to him because I want him to know this. So I remember sitting in my, I was in like my little office kitchen area back when I lived on Tesoro drive from my old house when I, the first house I built in Vegas. And I remember talking with Chris Aceto. He was at my house and we were prepping for, I think we were doing an Olympia or something and he was staying with me. And I remember telling him, there's this guy that's really good and I think you should work with him. And at the time, Chris didn't work with any other pros. And I said, this guy, Victor Martinez, you know, I watched him win the Nationals and in 2000, I was there in New York. It was actually in New York. And, you know, I just saw the potential, the wide shoulders, and he just had the round muscle bellies, and he just couldn't get it right. Like, he was doing shows in the early 2000s and not peaking, and that's when Chris started working with him. They connected, and he went and won the Night, Night of Champions, mm-hmm. his first pro win. Yeah. And he looked unbelievable, you know. That's when he came on, and, and then... Uh, you know, even in, oh, I think in 05 or 06, he was third mm-hmm. um, Olympia the year I won. But he was one guy that I was always afraid if he ever peaked at all-time best, like, watch out. Yeah. He won, what, he won one or two Arnolds in there. Yeah, he won, uh, I don't know what years he won, 07? Oh, 07, because that's the year he went to the Olympian that yeah. I almost lost to him, you know? Yeah. We talk about being one of those those 07 Olympia being like one of my worst yeah. show finishes ever, even yeah. though I won, right? Yeah. I always thought that with Victor, too, he had the, he kind of had a little Ronnie Coleman-esque. He did. Especially from the back, and he never got it. And it pissed me off, and it pissed me off because Ronnie would say he was the next heir apparent. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Of course. Like yeah. he said, oh, Jay, you know, basically he was going to skip He's over me. Frog you, yeah. 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 He had the he had all the tools, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so it, being on the other side of uh Angie's uh you know, being a uh, kind of like a cheer on person, I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. That's good for you. It's good for you to see the other side of it. I don't miss it though. <laughs> that was the biggest qu- question I mark. You, I thought you just did a video saying you're gonna make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Watch the video. You brought you're too lazy to watch the whole thing. So <laughs> You know, it was, uh, you know, you, you'll see. There was no Iron Man left. I'll give you, you know, give you a hint on that. You know the pro yeah. Iron Man's gone. But yeah. so, listen, I was talking about California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me kind of lead to that a little bit. So, you know, staying on the beach in Huntington, I lived a little inland when I lived there in Aliso Viejo. Okay. 
And uh, I did get to travel down. I used to ride my motorcycle on, you know, the one freeway right there when I had my Harley. So I'd take the afternoon. And as the sun was going down, I'd ride my motorcycle. And as you know, it's not like, like you get so used to the weather in Vegas where, you know, the days are hot and then the evenings are still really warm, right? You could still wear a t-shirt. Like if you were riding a motorcycle, see California is not like that. Like even this in the summertime, like it starts to cool off enough where you're like, Ooh, it's a little nippy, you know, you need a jacket or whatever. So what I really like about, you know, the California weather versus here, even now, yes, it's cooled down in Las Vegas, but at the same time there, like it's, it's a big shift, right? It might be 80 five in the day and then it goes down you know sometimes in the 60s at night Mm -hmm. so that that weather shift is just is great to me and you know you're not a fan of california just i mean there's many reasons right probably the traffic or whatever but weather's some of the best in the world you know yes if i stayed in california i would try to not migrate much from a circle of kind of like i do in las vegas right yeah i mean a lot of days now my office is about 25 minutes from home I don't go to the office every day. I kind of work from home and I train close to home instead of driving all the way down. Yeah. And I would probably do the same there because we talk about the things we hate at California, the taxes and the traffic. And the traffic. Those are the two things. Those are like my two biggest pet peeves in life. <laughs> I trained, Taxes, cost of living, and I went traffic. and trained at Gold's Gym Venice on How Friday. How did it take you to get there? It took me an hour from Anaheim, which really... It's not terrible. It's not terrible, but I don't think it should have been that long of a drive. It should have probably been, I would say, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would say 30 minutes would be, you were, know. Were you like bumper to bumper at any point? Yeah, or? I was, I was yeah. j- jacked up in traffic, yeah. which was a little disappointing. But I got to train back at Gold's Gym. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you that the gym is much improved from when I was there a month ago. Okay, good. So they moved a lot of the homeless out. Uh, they've like brought more equipment in there. Mm-hmm. They have newer that, that M uh, that gym 80 equipment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's getting some life back to it. There's a lot of people. It was pretty busy. And I noticed when you're walking up, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was coming out. Arnold. I ran into Arnold. That's kind of, that's it, it's still cool. Like I'm sure even, even now just seeing him walk out of the gym, it's like, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, man, you know, the dream, right? The dream is, like, I watched Terminator 2, mm-hmm. and that's when I'm like, I am going to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, I knew after leaving the movie theater in Lemonster, Massachusetts, and whatever, it came out, 90 or 91, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to chase this. Maybe it, was eight, maybe it was 89. I don't know when Terminator 2 was launched, but yeah. it was around that time, and I remember leaving specifically and going to the car and being like, I have to be a bodybuilder after watching that, you know? You think about... Pumping Iron was filmed at Gold's, and here you are now, 40 years yeah, later, not, walking Not the out, same Gold's gym, there's Arnold walking yeah. out of the building. It's and cool. he was pushing his bike, and he was getting ready to... Uh, Does he ride his bike there? Rides his bike. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So he must have it at his office, right? His office is right around the yeah, corner yeah. from there. We, I, I went there last January. It's kind of cool. It's like a trine. Yeah. So he had a security guy with him, you know, yeah. and he was training, I guess. I didn't see him training because he was leaving as I was coming in. And, you know, you see the legendary people like Charles Glass was there. And, you know, I did see Silvio Samuel. And, you know, I saw Mike Ryan, who used to run the gym. And you can see that in the latest YouTube video on JTV. But uh, it was plug, just, plug. it was good. It was, huh? Plug. Yeah. Yeah. JTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah JTV. Uh, 
you know, and I had a good workout, but then I got back in the car and got stuck in that traffic driving yeah. back. And, and just think of, I just, whenever I think of traffic, like I'll have friends of mine yeah. that live in California or New York and they're like, well, I go an hour and a half each day. It's no big deal. And, I'm, and I always think long-term like that's three hours a day. I'm like, that's 15 hours a week. I'm like, you're wasting a whole week and a half of work just sitting in your vehicle every yeah. day. That's what the traffic would drive. But it was, worth, it was worth the drive be, and, you know, being out of, my, out of my normal routine just for the aura. Yeah. You know, when you walk in that gym, and remember I have images on the walls there and a lot of memories. Of course. Uh, it's just a good feel. I can't explain it, but it's, it's, if you are in Venice, California, stop by Gold's Gym. You know, even if you just walk in, buy a T-shirt, whatever else, it's it's so. Awesome. So if you if you like California so much, what was the reason that got you to leave California taxes. and come here? Well, you don't like paying taxes. Taxes. So what's the so? It, it, what's what's the difference in your opinion in savings if you were if you were to move there or if you were well, to stay there's here? no there's no state income tax in in Las in Nevada, right? So. That was one thing, but I, I actually came for the real estate. We talked about this. You know, I came to buy, invest in real estate because at the time, you know, I was starting to look at homes in California and, you know, I just, it was a little out of my price range in that Orange County, Liso Viejo area for what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a big one-story home and I started looking in Temecula Marietta area, which is further down right towards San Diego. And, you know, I was looking, you know, everything was over a million dollars at the time. And just by chance, man, I went to Vegas to visit, you know, one of our friends. And, you know, I walked in, for some reason, I started just looking at some homes. And I walked in this house, and it was 350000 and it was a mansion. And it was actually discounted down because of uh, the 9-11 tragedy. This was, like, early 2002. Um, and I was able to just, you know, score it. I put a deposit on it that day and I went home and said, we're moving to Vegas. Wow. And I had been in Vegas for the Olympia last couple of times. So, you know, I wasn't aware of like the extreme, extreme heat. You know, I've come in the summer, but I, you know, I didn't live here for months at a time, Mm -hmm. but I didn't mind the heat for some reason because, you know, most of the stuff we did was inside air conditioning. The gyms are all air conditioned. Um, you're only really outside when you go from your vehicle yeah. to wherever you're in and out. So you don't spend a ton of time outside. It's no different than if, if you live in Montana or you live in Wisconsin or mm-hmm. New York or Canada. When it's really cold, it's the same thing. You get in and out and you get to your vehicle and you warm it up. Like we have push start so you, air, the vehicle can be cooled down. So it's no different than. than I just, I, I really liked the, the cost of real estate. Uh, the no taxes, you know, uh, the accessibility to great restaurants, which California at the time also had to, I'm not going to lie. I think it's now shifted. There's not as many because I think COVID kind of hurt a lot of businesses. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, at that point, I was just all about winning in a title. That's all I cared about. Yeah. So I was knocking at the door of the Olympia at the time. I was winning Arnold Classics and uh, I just wanted a nice house. I wanted a yeah. nice house, and you know, I—that's why I kind of migrated. But and it was to this a choice. day, you can still buy a really, really nice house here for a fraction of what it is in most of California. Not like you could, though. Yeah. But we talk about that all the time. That you know, the property taxes are 
a little cheaper, especially in you know Henderson. the east side. Yeah. yeah, the property taxes are cheaper. There's no there's no state tax here, but California is I think thirteen point three percent. That's a that's a big number, you know, with the cost of living. I remember when I first was going to move out here, I was looking up if if you make uh, fifty thousand dollars a year here at the time, if you wanted to move to like Orange County, you had to make two hundred thousand to have the same lifestyle. Now I don't know what the difference is now in between because Vegas is more expensive. Mm. But when I was researching it not long ago, Nevada is still the fourth lowest tax burden in America, only behind Montana, Wyoming, and Delaware. So even though people will look and say, hey, I'm going to move to Texas, they have no state income tax, but they have other taxes that- Property taxes more there. Property taxes more, but they have corporate state taxes. They don't have state personal taxes. So if you're going to own your own business there, when I remember looking it up, it was like, it was Texas was near the fort, number 40. So they have a lot of other taxes that they pile on, Mm -hmm. but Nevada just does not have a lot of tax unless you spend a ton of money. They have high sales tax here. But other than that, what I noticed though is that things are a lot more expensive there, like the dinners and yeah. eating and and what not what not. They don't got twenty five dollar all you can eat sushi. Uh, you know like what? Vegas. You know what I realized that I think I went to In and Out Burger and I ate In and Out and I feel that In and Out Burger was more expensive in California for the same thing that I order in Nevada. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you well just just think about it. If you got a building in California, yeah. it costs more money. It costs more money because people are taxed more there. Everything costs more. So. If if a burger you can sell it for five bucks here, it might have to sell for seven or eight dollars there because they have more expenses. Mm-hmm. So now we know why you're coming back to Vegas because you're well, a burger eater. No, I mean, I I, uh, <laughs> I do like burgers, not as much as you though. You, <laughs> hey man, I've been you might have set the, the record for everywhere we went for all those trips, bro. What did you eat? What did you want? Because burgers are are consistent and they're safe. So it's pretty hard to screw up a burger. So just having a burger when you travel, you just know what you're you're getting yourself into. Speaking of burgers, so you, you went and tried a couple of these high-end burger places. Tell me about it a little bit. I didn't, you know, I forgot the name of the one spot we went to. You went to Barcode, I think. Yeah, and everyone was saying it was the greatest, you know, the yeah. greatest burger spot, and it was it was okay. You know, it wasn't, it didn't shock me. I think I would have rather had in and out. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you said. What's that? I'm going to put you on blast. What did I say? You said, oh, I should have just gone to in and out burger. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what the problem is, is your expectations when a place is like advertising yes. a burger, right? I, I, for me, bro, like I'll be, I'll be truthful. Like whether you go to McDonald's, in and out, five guys, what a burger, whatever. Cheesecake Factory or wherever. They got a good burger. Yeah, they do have a good <laughs> burger. But I put so much ketchup and mustard, pickles, grilled onions, and Doesn't whatever. Matter. I still I don't I don't think there's much difference. It's all <laughs> it, to me it's like a onions, pickle, ketchup, mustard burger. You probably put A one on a steak too, don't you? No, I don't use any A one sauce. I never. You have. had to think about that, so you probably no, haven't before. You I was part, actually you hesitated there. I, I, you know what? I was actually just thinking. My brother used to always be like, "Grab the A one sauce," and we'd go out to the <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> wow, you could just steal it. Wow. He'd say, "Take the rest of that. Let's take it home," because he would always take a bag home because he'd buy yeah. the forty ounce steak. You know. No, but I know what you're talking about. When someone goes on and on, because all we kept hearing about, "Oh, it's the greatest burger you ever gonna have yeah, in your yeah. life," and I ate it, and I was like. The fuck, man! Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's okay. It wasn't like that good. So my expectations. I thought you were going to the strip to the. Um, we were going to go to the Gordon Ramsay one. Yeah. And we just it was just 
didn't pan out that way. You know how it is. Going to the strips of pain in the ass, you know? Well, it depends on charge parking now. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just like you got to drive down there. You got to fight traffic. And then you feel like you're in California in the strip because it's bumper to bumper. And then you've got to try to park. And plus, I have a truck. So it's not as easy to get yeah, in yeah. and out of some of these spots. And you're afraid you're going to ding something. What's or, your favorite restaurant in the strip? Uh, I know this. Answer. Javier's. I know. Javier's. Yeah. You I need to try spot. my friend's new restaurant called La Neta. La Neta? Okay. It's in downtown. Someone, you hear about it yet or no? No, I okay, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's really good. Maybe he should sponsor the podcast. Oh, I mean, we're going to shout him out anyway because it's actually a great restaurant. Yeah. But, yeah, Javier's is great. Uh, I got to eat at Javier's when I went last time uh, to California. We didn't get, yeah. we didn't go. We went to Nobu this time. So. I'm, not a, I'm not a drinker. I don't really drink, but every time I go there, I always get a, uh, a jalapeno margarita. Even if I only have a couple sips, it's just unique. Yeah, you never drink. When you go no. all over the world, you don't drink anything. no. no. Maybe once a year. Maybe on your birthday. You didn't even drink on your birthday when we no. went to Dubai. When I turned 21, I was a designated driver on my birthday. How terrible is we that? We need to celebrate your birthday right this year. Where are we going to be? Nowhere. We were, we're supposed to, we were supposed to be in Abu Dhabi, but it got okay. canceled. And plus, we're broke, so we can't afford no. to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember one year we were at Club White. Yeah, we were on the rooftop. No, it was a it was an outdoor club. Yeah, on the rooftop. No, I wasn't a rooftop. Yeah, we had to take we had oh, to, okay. to that building yeah. we were on the rooftop and um, it's in Dubai. Uh, what's his name performed? Uh, well, Sonny took us there from yeah. Sonny took J&K. us there from uh, G Unit performed Lloyd Banks. Oh, okay, okay. Lloyd Banks performed there. Yeah, it's, I think I still have some pictures on my Instagram from that. That's pretty fun, actually. That was what was that twenty? Was that twenty? That was ideal weather. 15? That's yeah. That's like Vegas. Like that was in, that was in December yeah. in Dubai. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice out, and but I haven't. You know, the thing, the other, I don't even remember what I did last year. The year before, I flew out here and we went to Orange County, and then we went down to the uh, San Diego Fed Expo, and that was around. My yeah, it point. seems like we're always booked around that time. But so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good restaurants. I mean, I used to do these magazine uh, things. Barry's Barry's is really I haven't good gone now. There yet. Barry's is really good. Um, that used to be nine. I used to put that always in my like must. Those in the must, palms, right? Yeah, must eat Las Vegas thing yeah. in the magazines. Man, I miss the magazines. Like I miss. Uh, Why don't you start your own magazine? It, it just you know you when you could read about like even the the little sections where we had like these little news and views type things. The it's kind of like yeah, yeah, like it's it's just really cool. And I was doing a video this morning with Dave, and I was talking about. Um, do you remember opening up the books and seeing, you know, the men routine, but also the women, mm-hmm. like the Laura Curvels and Sharon Brunos and, yeah. uh, you know, Kim all, Chibesky, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they would have, you know, the men's articles in there about training and then also the women. And I actually took some of those routines that the women did yeah. and I would utilize those in my training programs, which is, you know, we would try to make all those things come alive. Right. Yeah. And I feel that like it was a lot more instructional and I think it was very simplified back then compared to what we deal with today because, you know, there's all these different training theories, right? I mean, I'm a high volume trainer. Some people are low, you know, with Dorian Yates, they trained like that heavy duty way. Mm -hmm. I think there's too much confusion in the type of training that people do Mm -hmm. that it just complicates everything. So it's now put a damper on people's progression because they think that there's there's a special way to train and you have to have a like a 
like a written program to go to the gym and, and it can't always be the same where I yep. just, you know, we go to the gym, we do reps. I mean, sometimes it's more or less, it really depends on how we feel. And I mean, there's been many days where you're like, Dude, I'm just so weak today. And that's when yep. you know, like, okay, I'm just going to go easier. Yep. And other days you pick up the heaviest dumbbells and you just go with it. Like, that's how you should train. Like however your yep. body is talking to you, that's how you need to train. And remember every day in the gym, is going to be progression. So if you don't have a rock star workout every single day, it's okay. At least you're in the gym pushing some pounds, getting some muscle fatigue. Better than nothing. It's better than nothing. It's so easy to sit on your couch at night. I sat on the couch last night, and I'm not going to lie, I had to do legs today. And I'm like, man, I just don't have the energy to go do legs. You know, I was working at the office down in the strip all, all afternoon, and I was just dead, but... And I think from being in California, you know, and I trained not on my schedule. I mean, we shot a video like mm -hmm. on Monday and then the drive back, you know, I sent you that picture. We got stuck in a crazy accident. And that's the one thing about driving back and forth to California, being on the 15 is it's only a two lane yeah. highway. Right. So if something happens, you're absolutely screwed. Yeah. And I just spoke to one of my friends that was driving back from Vegas from the holiday weekend. It took her eight hours and 50 minutes to drive back. Can you imagine? That's just brutal. It's a four-hour drive. So you're just damn so you're idling just for a yeah. amount of it. And, you know, it's, and it's, not, it's not cool. We did that the last time when we, when we drove out. And I remember it was like for like 15 miles, it was on the other side. There was a vehicle on fire, and, and it was just bumper to bumper for like 15 miles. And we were yeah. just thinking, man, imagine being on that side. How pissed off would you be right now? Yeah, I hate it. I hate it, you know. But listen, to go back to California, like, you know, it's just – it was just nice to get away, and I think I'm going to go back next week, actually. But um, yeah, you know, going to drive or fly? I'm going to drive. Yeah, I think driving at night is is a little better for me, and it honestly gives me a lot of time to think too. You know? Yeah. But you're right. I mean, everything is a little more expensive now, and you know, everyone's fearing now this inflation thing, right? Of course. You well, think inflation is real? Of course, it's real. Inflation is. It, it, I just look at it from more of a, a money side. I know, but the problem is, is people are judging inflation by, uh, right now by like gas prices. Don't you feel? Yeah, I mean, gas price, gas prices have to do with inflation because uh, gas is uh, comes from oil. Oil is a commodity, mm -hmm. and supply and demand. Um, inflation is going to happen. It, there's no way. It's always it has been happening since you know, the U S dollar was created. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen a lot more now because when you have a certain amount of currency and you print a certain amount of currency, now you have more currency. So it makes that currency the worth most less. in the last year. Yes. Right? So when people see these prices going up, a lot of times people try to blame politicians or they blame this or they blame that. President. The reality is of course, everyone blames a president, but the reality is we're spending more money than we have. And we're not just putting it on a credit card. We're printing money to then put it on a credit mm -hmm. card. So everything's going to keep going up as long as we keep printing money. We have more currency, and the more currency we have, the less value each dollar has. So if you look back to you know 50 years ago and you say, hey, how much was a house back then? Well, it was uh, $15,000 or $25,000. Well, it's not... 300,000 now because it's cost that much more. It's because the value of the dollar is worth less yeah. and you need $300,000 to buy that same thing that was 20 or $50,000 X amount of years ago. Mm -hmm. So, so I pay attention to prices of gold and, and commodities and 
Yeah, know? but they keep talking about gold shooting through the roof, and it just seems to be. I think it's being suppressed. It's being suppressed because you got a with gold, you got a the paper market and you got the physical market. So the paper market can be manipulated. You know, they can buy and sell a bunch to drive the price up and down. But the physical market is harder to manipulate because you can have a piece of paper that says you have 10,000 shares or 10,000 ounces of gold. Well, it's just a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. But if you have 10,000 ounces of gold in your hand, physical gold coins, go try to buy it for that price. It's not going to happen. They're going to charge you $100 or $150 over for one ounce yeah, premium, yeah. because they know that the, the market's being manipulated. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think I think everything's going to keep going up. The cost of everything. I mean, look at yeah. Listen, they just hit me up about my t-shirt manufacturer, and they're like, "Listen, the price of even next level." Yeah. Uh, they they sent me an email too and said, "Hey, listen, the cost of the shirts is, are going up, right?" And they're, well, just just and take it and think about it. You know, from another perspective, mm -hmm. what are shirts made of? You know, cotton. Yeah, cotton. Or yeah. Whatever else it, it's made of. Those are, those are things that have to get brought in. And yeah. if it costs more money to get them to, to make these shirts, everything's going to go up. So to me, it's the value of things has always kind of been the same throughout history, but you need more dollars now. Same thing like when you'll see people look to me, and this is just my opinion, I'm not you know, no expert or anything, but when you'll see people say, hey, the stock market's at these all-time numbers. Well, of course, if, if, if you keep printing currency and you need more currency out there, everything loses value. If you have a stock that's worth $100, there's more printed currency yeah, is going into in it, that yeah. company, so that price is going to go up. That doesn't mean the company's it's worth more. Up, yeah. It just needs more dollars to buy that share. So every year, and, and I know politicians will use that a lot and go, look at how high the stock market is. And it's like, well, of course it's at an all-time high. You need $100 a dollars, to buy this yeah. share that you only needed $70 for four years ago. So of course it's going to go up. That doesn't mean things are doing better. It just needs there's more dollars are needed. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, I remember if it was Colombia or Venezuela, and it's some, and, and I know this number isn't accurate, but it's some ridiculous number. Like it's like 2,000% inflation like every day or something like that to where it's like a million of their dollars for a loaf of bread. And look, we're not there yet, but that doesn't mean that our kids or our grandkids or our great grandkids mm -hmm. can't if they don't get this under control. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect everything. I mean, look at, look at the cost of like, if you want to go buy a house, you know, if the, the, the cost of lumber, I was just talking with someone today, you used to be able to buy a, a two by four for $2. Now what is it like $12? That's real cost. It's real, real money. Yeah. You can buy a car now and make money with it. I know I could, I, I was telling you, I was joking around. I bought my vehicle and I could go sell it now a year later used for like almost $20,000 more than I bought it for brand new. So I'm like, well, man, if I had a second car, I'd probably dump it and just pocket the 20 grand. But well, you know, I'm sitting on a couple of vehicles that are worth a lot of money. Can I have one? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, 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 so what's, what's the reason that you're sitting on them? Uh, because I just feel like things are going to be harder to get because of production. And I was informed, especially like, you know, we have the G wagons, which, mm -hmm. you know, people have their opinions on G wagons, but they've always yeah, held I value. Suck. I think they've always held value, but you know, right now, I mean, these things are going through the roof because the production is stopping in 2022. Now that's so coming G, from Mercedes. From Mercedes. So the G550 or whatever it is and the G63 with bigger motor, uh, both are going to halt production for the year. And I, I think it's because they're trying to make efficient, more efficient motors. 
because it's a he- it's a heavy vehicle yeah. and and obviously they burn a lot of fuel, right? But what does yours get gas mileage? I don't, Fourteen. And that's like on a good day. Yeah. That's if you don't really hammer on it. Because yeah. that thing's got a big, big Yeah, motor it's a, it. it drags, it's a big body, you know, it's heavy yeah. body. It's a you know, military vehicle. So uh the value has gone up. And you know, my guy that, you know, I buy cars from in Valencia is just like, man, you know, you're sitting on kind of a gold mine there. So uh unfortunately it's Angie's favorite vehicle too. So if you sell it, you're gonna have hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> It's good. It's good. For the first time in my life, I bought vehicles that, you know, besides buying old classic cars, you can actually turn my dollars on. And see, normally I would, you know, people I work with and they're asking me about, you know, financial advice. Normally you're like, don't put your money in a vehicle. You know, someone will be, you're renting an apartment, but you got all these cars. And now you're like, shit, man, if you bought these cars, you can make some money on them. But the the question is, is like, we've been talking about going electric for so long, right? Mm -hmm. Buying an electric vehicle. I just wonder when I'm going to pull the trigger and order an electric car and and see. Have you researched the electric cars enough to know? I don't, but, you know, I know that every, every, every vehicle out there will offer electric. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, so like Porsche has come out with a really nice, um, the Taycan or whatever, I saw. Um, I saw. I saw like a Cadillac being advertised. I. I mean, I've seen the G wagon being advertised as being electric in some time. You know, when I was out at Arnold Schwarzenegger's office, they told me he has like Hummer H ones, where they've converted them and put electric motors in his. Wow! Like, so he has all electric motors. It's kind of random, because that's a big vehicle to have yeah, an electric motor. In. Well, they have that new Hummer coming out, isn't that? Yeah, electric. Yeah, the one LeBron EV James had. Yeah. Yeah. He had well, the first one. I is think. there? Isn't there? You know, isn't there like one of the fastest cars in the world, the Kona Zeg? Don't they have one that's like half know. electric, half gas? Well, I think that's what the Taycan is. Also, I think some of these are like a hybrid vehicle. You know. So if you're gonna get one, what would you get? I would. I would. You know, I like that Tesla. That that Plaid Tesla. What's that? Uh, it's like a. It's the fastest car in the world. It's that's see, that's why you want it. You don't want it because it's electric. You want tell to me say, about your experience with uh, the ludicrous model. Oh yeah, so so I went out to Sacramento maybe three years ago, and I went for a ride with Greg Connolly. He's the founder of Trifecta. Shout out to Greg <laughs> and Trifecta. And he's you know we were we went out to eat, and he's like you know have you ever ridden in one of these? And uh, he's not like a car. No, not like at all. Guru or no, anything. no, he's not like someone showing his cars off and none of that and he's like if you know if you're this is my first time riding in a tesla and he goes have you ever ridden one in ludicrous mode and i was thinking ludicrous i'm thinking that movie space balls years ago and i was like no and he's like dude it's like really fast and i'm thinking all right man i've been in some pretty fast cars in my life so he like kind of pulls it around and he stops and he's like he like pushes this button and pushes ludicrous mode and and he's like now you ready? He's like, this thing's really fast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And he hammers on the gas, and I swear my face went to the back of my head. It was like my face was getting mushed in. And I was like, holy shit. And apparently this one that you're talking about is like a second faster than the one he had because this yeah. is like two and a half years ago. So after that, I was like, man, all these people are showing off their fast cars. Like, dude, just go buy a Tesla. Yeah. It'll, it'll smoke any of them. So that's why you need it. You need a fast car. No, I just, I mean, I was kind of looking at it. I kind of liked the look of it. How much are they? I don't know. One something. Yeah. One so something. you can get it. We can go drag race your your Lamborghini. And I your, would smoke those. In the, in the Tesla. <laughs> I would smoke those. 
How many horsepower is the Lamborghini? Uh, eight fifty now. That's not enough. But that's not good on fuel either. I mean, obviously. Do you have anything that's good on fuel? Yeah, the Suburban. Just just think. Miles. Just think about what you just said. And how many vehicles do you have? Four. Do you have four? Yeah, I have like, four. Then you have more than four. You got a Rolls Royce. You got two G wagons. Well, you I don't. I mean, G wagons the same. They're both G wagons. So. But you got two of them. Yeah, but she drives one, so it's not really mine. So. <laughs> So of you have you have four to five vehicles in this household, and your efficient vehicle is a suburban. Yeah, it's, you know it's got the it shuts off the motor shuts down to a four. It doesn't cylinder. mean shit. That thing sucks on gas. I, but you know what? <laughs> I I get eighteen miles. How many you get? Thirty. Oh, you said eighteen. Yeah. See, I get? have a full. I get over thirty. I get thirty. Yeah, I mean eighteen. I think on the highway. Dude, inflation's getting tough, but man. it's uh, it's regular fuel, so it's a little cheaper. You know, all the other ones take the super. You know, dude, think how much money you spend on gas. I don't drive anywhere, so it saves me. <laughs> dude, think of that logic there. I don't drive. Yes, but you do drive places. <laughs> not not so far, just to the California and back. But I don't drive really any distance. <laughs> you know, just to California. Once in a while, I go. How much did it cost you to drive to California and back? I, I mean, I run a tank of gas, hundred so bu- hundred bucks. bucks. Why don't you drive the G wagon next time? No, it's too, it's not as comfortable. Not a, not for those long rides, you know. Just think think about that. You have this expensive luxury vehicle. You know how much money I'm going to make on that? Not 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 on the new one, the old one. Uh, you know how much money I'm going to make on the old one? I will sell it for what I paid for it. I guarantee that. And I bought it in 2016. How much did you sell it to me for? You don't want it. If, if I got a good enough deal, I'd buy yeah. it so I can resell it and make some money. That's uh, you know, that's probably the most sought after, and I don't know why ever everyone ever like really got into the G wagons as much. I think they became more famous with the Kim Kardashian, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. I told you before, I've never just been a fan of them because I felt yeah. like when you get in it, the door—it's like a Jeep. The door. Well, you have, that's what people like about it—that yeah. noise. Well, know? then why don't you just buy a Jeep? Uh, you know what? I I used to have a Jeep, and I used to, you know, I loved the Jeep, but. You know, for me, I wanted to buy something that would hold value. That's kind of how I look at a lot of cars now. I yeah. don't really buy stuff that drops like crazy. Even like you talk about the trucks, you know, the Suburbans, they're calling me like, hey, we would we would want to buy your Suburban. I mean, I'm not going to make money with it, but it's still going to be worth some cash. Yeah. That Which is crazy, crazy times just because production. Think of, think of how many years throughout your life because you've always been a car guy. How many times have you bought something you lost your ass on it and now – you're buying something and you're going to actually drive it and make money. Yeah. I don't know if I really lost my ass on, yeah, you know, I remember I leased a lot of vehicles, so they did drop. You're just in and out. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I, I usually had those. Didn't you have like a Ferrari? Didn't you like pay cash for it or something? Yeah, but I sold it for what I basically paid for it. Yeah. That was, that was one of the most, most wasteful cars I bought, I think, because I just wasn't, uh, guy that dr- like to drive fast like there's certain people that love cars to drive super fast and for me my luck is i always get tickets mm-hmm. and you know i've i just i don't like to go fast I, does that make sense no, no i'm not I'm even that. when we go overseas like i've been on the autobahn with some of these people and i'm like yeah. i remember driving i think you've been with me on some of these and they're doing 100 plus miles yeah. an hour and when i'm not driving i just don't feel as comfortable and anyone no, watching this can relate way. to this right now yes. So I'm never that guy that will put someone in my car and say, hey, hold on. 
I'm going to show you how fast this thing no, goes. That's you why know? anytime someone has a fast car and they want to take it, I'm like, I don't want to go. I'll take the Cadillac. Yeah, so like I, you know, I've gotten, I've gone really fast, obviously, on the freeways, like at night in Vegas. Like when What's the no fastest you've it? gone with one, any of your cars? Uh, well, I had a twin turbo Porsche. I did 160 on the 15, like by Mandalay Bay. But it, listen, you can do 160 in a matter of, within 20 seconds, I was doing 160. You know what I mean? It was yep. just, I would get up to 160 and then slow down. It wasn't like I was driving to California. I did 160 the whole way. Yeah. Uh, the newest car is not, not crazy. Um, maybe 100. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really speed. You know, you know, in between Las Vegas and Pahrump, there's a oh, there's speed limit. No, there's a there's a there's an area there where once a year they shut one side of the freeway down. The state patrol does, and they allow cars to drive. They try to break the world record. Oh yeah, okay. the Kona Zags, the Ferraris, yeah. and every year that's when that one. Just last year, a car did three hundred and twenty something miles an hour on a legal road. I thought it was on a flat assault flat no. or something. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but they they do this in between Vegas and Pahrump every year. When is it? I, I'd have to look it up. But I saw there was another. I'm forgetting the name of it. Me and Honey were chatting about it, and whatever car just broke the record last year. I think it's made in America, but <clears throat> it's a street legal vehicle, and they and they put them out there and see how fast they can go. Whether it's a it's the fastest you ever gone in a car on a on a. Uh, I, I know you've gone zero to sixty in the in the uh, Tesla, uh, but like on when a, I was young, I had a uh, three thousand GT twin turbo. And I think the fastest I drove that, I don't forgot. I think I got up to like 145 or 150 or something like that. And it was fast back in that I, day. Yeah, of course. And that, that was, does enough to scare the shit out of me. You know, so I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, I don't need to go fast. I don't like, I have a, I have a truck now. I mean, I've got my truck up to a hundred, but I just don't, I just don't have the desire to go yeah, fast. Yeah. I never really been super into the sports cars. I mean, the first sports car I bought, I bought an RX seven when I was in high school just because I like the look of it, not, yeah. you know, had the, the rotary motors. So those say those motors last forever because the way they work, you know. Yeah. But the first car I owned was a Toyota Corolla, an 81 Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, start, I started driving at the age of 14. I didn't have a driver's license, but so I just drove. I didn't care. <laughs> so, so I, you know, living in Sterling, Mass, like. Nobody cares. Yeah, so. We, when I was a kid, we, we'd have the, you'd leave the keys in the ignition. You just leave them outside. No, no. We, my dad would get mad if we didn't take the keys out of our cars. And we never had locks on our doors in our house. Yeah. Growing up on the farm. We didn't, we they weren't allowed to lock anything. No one's going to, I mean. You're on a farm. We They're had guns hanging. Like, you know, we had the rifles hanging. And I mean, it was an everyday thing back then. We would just go out and shoot things in the yard. So, you know, now if we shot a gun in, in our backyard, the cops would be here in of no course. time, right? People would be nervous. But, I mean, I get the ring alerts all the time. Like, oh, I do too. the gunshots. Shooting, shots, shooting, right? shooting. Yeah. You hear those gunshots? <laughs> you ever watch some of the stupid shit? I watched, someone just the other day, uh, the thing popped up and said, what kind of creature is this? And I'm like watching it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a <laughs> fox goes by. Yeah. And I want to be like, oh, it's a fox. I was waiting to see something. Do some. you ever see some of the comments on Ring, bro? Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's so crazy. Some like, asshole stole my package. Yes, it's always stealing packages. There is the, fu- the funniest one I saw was somebody put in there, what kind of spineless coward steals a man's slippers? And they show this guy in a ring. <laughs> on his door and a guy walks up and steals his slippers outside and walks off with them like some old dirty slippers like the ones you have outside here Dude, <laughs> i i read when i want entertainment sometimes i'm laying in bed at night and i go through the ring alerts 
the craziest shit on yeah. there. You know, it's always, oh, this guy's checking doors. And then, yeah. you know, someone's like, not, like ringing doorbells and saying they're delivery people. Yes, but it's always stealing the packages. Yeah, stealing packages. Mine, I'd see gunshots once in a while, stealing cars, house fire. But they're stealing um, catalytic converters now. You know why? Yeah, tell me why. I know we talked about this. Because there's palladium and platinum <laughs> in them. And palladium's like $2,500 an ounce. So if you steal X amount of them, you melt yeah. it down. Yes, there's real money in that. Palladium. So people are literally getting under cars and stealing yes. shit. Yep. Think about it. If you go In motorhomes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you go steal 50 of them, I forgot what it is. There's like, like eight or nine grams yeah. or something in each one. So every 10 that you steal, if you get, if you melt it down and get the palladium out of it, you can get it. I've seen that on ring a few times. Cadillac converter. Yeah. People are stealing that. Yeah. Can you imagine Ring, though, uh, how successful Ring has been? I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I have cameras, I have everything, but I also have Ring also. I get every once in a while, I'll get an alert will pop up and I'll be like, oh shit, someone's in my house. And I'll look and it'll, you know, because I have them in my garage yeah, and yeah. in my house and it'll be a car you? drove by. Oh. It'll, a car will drive by and it, I don't know if it just catches it just right through the garage door windows. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, <laughs> Oh shit! Someone's in there. Like, oh, it's just a car driving by. You know, it's funny. But all right, so let's um let's shift. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh back to bodybuilding with uh Bumstead. Okay. So, Mister Olympia, uh, classic physique. I made a comment a few weeks ago. I know it made it caused news. a stir because a bunch of people. No, it made news, but I I, I just want to explain a little bit. So. So he posted a picture doing a front lat spread in his garage. And yeah. he's in preparation for the Olympia. People that don't know Chris Bumstead's two-time, right? Two-time. Two-time Mr. classic. Yeah, yep. classic Mr. Olympia. He was runner-up prior to that. So uh, impressive. Yeah. Definitely impressive. And he's very young. He's in his early yeah. 20s still. He's in his early 20s, um, mid, mid-20s, I think. Uh, and what I stated on there, I said, listen, he, this guy could be in time. I said that in this, in my post, the guy that transitions from classic to open to become Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because number one is age. Okay. He could remember you're, you're not even at your best until your mid thirties, late thirties. He's got another decade to go. I, I don't know. There were some people chiming back about medical and whatever else. I, I, I wasn't, I'm not aware of certain things. I'm just looking at the physique yeah. and I'm looking at how he trains and I'm looking at the height to weight ratio. And I'm looking at, this is the point I want to make. Okay. To clarify things. I'm not trying to say he's going to beat everyone in t- today's era. Okay. Meaning like William Bonick and Hottie Chupin and, you know, Big Rami and, you know, uh, Nathan DeAsher and Roly Winkler and yep. all, all these the guys. guys. Because they're not going to be there. Of course. The people that are going to be there are like Regan Grimes. Yep. Uh, maybe Nick Walker. He's pretty young. And, and gosh knows who else because who else they, they're not even up? there. Yeah. They're not even there yet. And, it, you know, listen, this could go... There's Brian Jones, who people are talking about in Classic right now. Is he going to be an open guy later? Or, yeah. or is someone going to, you know, from 
who knows? Someone that's already there that's just not doing well yet going to be the top guys. That's what I was trying to state is not today, not to, I'm talking about in 10 plus years. If he really wanted to transition, I'm not saying he should or that's the way he's heading, but he could with his structure and the way he trains and where what I see the sport of open bodybuilding going, he could rule it. Yes. And, you know, people say, oh, Jay, you're crazy, this and that. I'm not talking about any other, there's no other variables to it other than what I see. Yeah. Now, I know he's had some health issues in the past or whatever else, which I'm not even aware of what it is. But all I know is the guy looks unbelievable. Yeah. Prepping for his probably third title, right? Yeah. He's definitely a front runner. He's definitely a front runner. Not to say he's definitely going to win because you got Breon and like those Brian Jones. I mean, yeah. Logan Franklin, all these guys, and I'm probably in, nothing's uh, guaranteed. Yeah, but he's if he does Diesel, his homework. Rough Diesel's there. He, he was does second his homework, last year. He'll he'll he he'll be right there. So do I? I'm staying to what I believe in. If he really wanted to transition up, could he do it? I I think he could. You know when I when I saw the the comments about it, and and I you know I I just listened to different people give their opinions, and a, a, several people said, well, you know, Chris is only two hundred and thirty pounds; he can't compete. And he was comparing to Dorian. In the back of my head, I'm going, I listen. Chris I, is not two thirty. I wasn't trying to compete. Yeah, I, I know comparing you him to Dorian is ridiculous. Of course, I, I, them doing a lat spread, and, and we discussed this. Yeah. Okay. Dorian Yates in this picture was 280 pounds and yeah. he's five foot 10. You can't compare. I, this had nothing to do with the comparison. I remember you telling me you didn't even know. That I didn't even know there that. was a comparison because yeah. I know Nick strength and power did a comparison shot from a black and white just because dude, it was black and white and Chris's was a black and white. Yeah. So people saw that similarity, but uh, dude, I dude, I would never put Dorian Yates next to anyone. You know, even with put against me, like, dude, it was different era, different lighting, different stage. Like, you listen, I would love to see all of us at our prime stand next to each other on the stage, but it's never going to happen. You yeah. can talk about it's it to the end of time. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I was stating. I, I think Chris could transition if he truly wanted to. Again, But I'm not saying he, he even wants to. No, like, he might not. Yeah, it's, I mean, this, this is all a, a hypothetical. I mean, he could go win this 10 times classic physique. I think the divisions. Absolutely. You know, I think the divisions now molding into something successful. But I'm still going to stick to people want to see the freaks. Yes. So the men's open is still the big draw, hence the prize money, hence the attendance on yeah. those nights. Like classic is bigger, and I think a lot of people are looking at classic, but I don't care what many people say. If they had the opportunity to advance into open, many of them would. Of course. Okay, but, you know, listen, it's not about who takes more drugs or who trains harder. Cause I think Bubstead's training as hard as anyone. I could. watch his videos. He trains just as heavy as any open guy. You know, I, I think, I think a lot of people that, that saw those pictures just fail to remember a lot of them. I don't even know if they've seen Chris in person. I was there when Chris and Rami did the photo shoot that I, I was the one that oh, yeah, put okay. the video out. Yeah. Chris is a big dude. He's not small. You know, he's six foot one and he's allowed to be 240 pounds on stage. That's not a small person. 
And if he wanted to add size, he could. Obviously, he's put all this muscle on. I mean, if you saw the transition from last year to the year before, he looked like a different person. Well, what if he wanted to make that same transition? You know, that doesn't mean that, like you're saying, it doesn't mean he could go win next year or the year after. But if he wanted to put 30 or 40 more pounds on mm -hmm. over the next decade, I'm sure he could do it if he wanted to. He trains as hard as he can. He takes his nutrition serious. You know, he trains with Ian a lot, and Ian trains as hard as anyone, you know, out there. So I think he could. But I think a lot of the people that were making these videos saying, you know, he's only 230 pounds and Dorian's 300. Like, in some of these pictures, when Chris is in good shape, he's in, he's probably almost 270. You know, he's he's not a small guy. So if he wanted to be a 300-pound guy and lean one day, I think it could happen, but that would be, you know, down the road. Yeah, I don't think his weight gets too heavy because I think he stays yeah. in good shape. Um, I was like an off-season. I didn't get super huge. Like, a lot of times I would compete basically what my off-season weight was, right, within 10 pounds just because yeah. I stopped eating, you know. I didn't eat as consistent. Um, but, you know, definitely uh, – you know, I, I stand my grounds on that. And this kid, you know, he's a phenom, you know, he's always been, um, I'm just glad the Canadians are starting to break through a little bit. You know, we have a huge, yeah. huge Canadian lineup at the Olympia this year between yeah. Ian Regan and, um, and Chris, Chris, I mean, they're, they're all, they're all young. They're all upcoming. They all got, you know, good shape, good structure. And, and if you know any of them, I mean, I don't, I don't know, uh, Chris and Ian super well. I've I've met them throughout the the years, and I've spent time with them, and they all seem like super super good guys too. So yeah, Olympia weekend, uh, October seventh through the tenth yeah. in Orlando, Florida. Uh, make sure you guys check out tickets, uh, MrOlympia.com. Uh, you guys can uh, you know obviously see all the greats there. I'll be present in the house. Looking forward to it, and uh, you know let's uh, let's get to some of these questions. All right, the first thing, just so you guys know, again, if you ever have any questions, comment below this. I always go back and look through them. Jay goes back and look through them. We highlight some of the questions, and Jay will answer some of yours. So who is on Jay's Mount Rushmore of Arnold Classic winners? So Mount Rushmore, obviously we know, is four heads. So of all the winners. Jay Cutler, won, for sure. Okay, and, and, and well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but say why, say who, and why you think they should be there. All right. Well, I was the I was the only consecutive winner three times, right? Okay. But I'm not. I'm going to exclude myself. So, uh, Dexter Jackson, he's the winningest. Uh, yeah, he has to be Arnold. There. I don't know how many victories he I has. I think he won five in Columbus and nine overall. Okay, which is nobody's so he, ever going to be. He that broke record. Wheeler's record, which was four. four. Yeah. So Wheeler, uh, Dexter, um, myself, and. Uh, who else would be? Who else has won it that a few times? Kai Green. Kai Green has Branch won it. Yeah. Kai yeah, Branch has, too. Br Branch. I think I think Branch won two. Yeah, I would have to say I mean Branch has won two or three. He won two, and I think Kai won. But Branch two or won three. most muscular every year, even when yeah. he wasn't winning. So I would definitely say those two guys. Um I think Kai Green reached his all time best in 09. Arnold yeah. Classic, so that's very memorable. I mean, if he would have came to the Olympia like that, you know, he definitely would have been mm -hmm. closer to me instead of. What about place. some of the old guys? What about older guys? What about a Sean Ray or yeah, or, Sean Ray won it. Um, Mike Ashley Shout won it. Mike Sean, Francois, yeah, uh, Mike Francois was uh, I think would be 
you know, he won it once, but he had a crazy physique when he won it. Um, but definitely Wheeler. Nasarov, somebody won. I mean, all these guys. But I, I would have to say Wheeler, uh, me, Dexter, and uh, it's a toss-up between Kai Green and I would I would probably say Branch Warren just because Branch Warren was not supposed to win on a couple of those occasions. He had the quad tear, and he won yeah. four months later or some shit. He outworked everybody. Yeah. So the next one, how has Angie influenced your lifestyle since you've been together, whether it be cultural, food, interest, hobbies, et cetera? Um, definitely took me out of my shell. Definitely food. The food she cooks is definitely different. She likes to eat a little different from my my standard. I'm a really boring eater, so, you know, she'll choose certain restaurants and definitely um, a little more spice to the food. Uh you know, listen, she's she's a great companion as far as, like, you know, having fun and doing stuff. She's definitely more of a free spirit type person than I am. And, uh, you know, taking trips and, you know, she brought me to my first football game I witnessed. And uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, you know, definitely going to her family is a lot um, louder than when going to my family because they play music. And, you know, it's a very close, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, relationship type family. And, uh, you know, their celebrations are always top-notch. Okay. Um, would Jay have considered doing a strongman event like the World's Strongest Man Tour, Franco Colombo and Lou Ferrigno did? I was never that strong, I don't think. You don't think so? No, you know, back in my days when I was coming up, I mean, I remember Bill Kazmaier. And none of those guys were, like, as popular. So, like, when I started following the books, like, they didn't... You figure bodybuilding books would have strong men in it, right? But they didn't really feature a lot of those guys. And I didn't know you could even make a living being a strong man. I know the world's strongest man was on television. But I don't think the prize money was was really that great for it. Yeah. And it's, it's still not crazy either. But I know there's more endorsements. I just think yeah. Brian Shaw's really pioneered it a lot. And, you know, I know Franco, like, he was kind of a cross, but you remember him in the pumping iron film. I mean, he was deadlifting crazy weights and he was super, super strong. I mean, he blew his knee out carrying the refrigerator and the world's yep. strongest man. So I always viewed strongman as like, Oh, you're definitely going to get injured. And that's why I tend to, I tended to stay away from the heavy, heavy lifts. But someone like a Coleman who had a, you know, a powerlifting background, he would probably be a better guy to ask that question, but I never considered it just because I never did necessarily one rep maxes i was never an ego lifter so i never really know what my true strength was mm-hmm. okay if that makes sense of course who is the strongest bodybuilder you ever trained with ronnie coleman <clears throat> sure do you have any like cool story where he well just- i mean dude we just i mean traveling with ronnie was was a crazy experience because i remember on t- two occasions you know he would do legs on every uh friday so he had whoever's routine. He followed one of those routines where, see, every week it would be a different day. So if I did chess one day, the next week it would never be the same. So on his workout routines, he always did legs on Friday. So we'd fly into events and his his necessary workouts were late at night because often we'd fly in after five o'clock, eat something, and then we'd go train at the gym, whether it was nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I remember being in New York training at Steve Weinberger's gym uh, shout out to Steve Weinberger and Bev Francis Powerhouse up there uh, in, in Syosset. And I remember Ronnie going in the gym, and he's like, come do legs with me. 
And I remember going on the squat rack and, you know, he warms up 135, 225, 315. Then, you know, we go to four plates and like four plates was my max that I usually went up to for 10 or 12 repetitions. Well, you know, he was just getting warmed up by that point. So I said, you know, see you later. He kept going up five plates, six plates. I think he went up to seven plates and every rep was exactly the same as what it was with 135. It was no resist, no, no training to failure. He did 12 easy repetitions, ass to the floor. Um, another occasion, we were in Pens- Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh for Jim Mannion's show the, uh, before we you know, started prepping for Olympia. I remember we were lunging in the gym, and he was famous for his barbell lunges. And it was funny. We were walking, you know, doing walking lunges back and forth across the gym, and of course, you know, I, I could go up to 225. I did up to 275 at uh, at my gym in, in uh, Las Vegas. And then he went up to 315 and he he dusted me from there, man. It was like, I remember trying the 315 and I pulled my calf and that was it, you know. So he definitely was, uh, you know, outrageous, especially on the weight train, on the leg training. That's crazy. Jay, do you change your food on your days off? Like change your diet? Yes, I do. I eat a little less carbohydrates. So uh, definitely on the output days, which normally would be two days a week, I would definitely keep the protein, you know, at a pretty good point. But I would back down on the carbohydrates because you're not going to need as much calories on those days. So I call that zigzag dieting. So definitely your calories should often shift. I don't think anyone should eat the same amount of calories on a daily basis. I think there should be high, low and medium days. And I did that even off season where I would kind of watch what I ate and, and kind of calculate in my head, you know, the protein versus the carbohydrates. So I would allow the body composition not to, to stretch too far and get out of whack, you know, it's trying to keep abs year round. Mm-hmm. Does Jade notice a difference between training with men and women as far as intensity and dedication, etc.? Sometimes I'm nervous training with guys because I think they don't want to train with me because I'm weaker. I've always said, you know, Max wife was the best training partner I had. You know, she was always there. She knew my limitations. She knew how to push me. Uh, I've trained with a lot of guys, you know, I had a lot of people in and out. I would fly people in and out to train. Uh, you know, you've been out here when I was training for Olympias before. Um, you know, for me, like it's, I'm pretty intense. I know what I'm going in and doing, but for my workout, so I'm not really relying on a lot of people, but it's just nice when you have rhythm with someone that you can kind of, you know, they know what weights you're pushing. They know your limitations to get, you know, your eight, 10 or 12 repetitions, Uh, But I think, you know, women can be some of the best training partners ever. It's just, you know, you have to work with, you know, if you're training on like, say, a leg press and you're doing, you know, 12 plates aside, you know, you just got to make sure that, you know, if the women are training, maybe they are working in a hack squat next to you while you are leg pressing and then you switch over. uh, So you're still within distance so you don't have to take the plates on and off. Um, But that's why where dumbbells and cables and, you know, selectorized equipment come in a little more handy for training with those people because, you know, that way you can just shift the pin or, you know, change something rather quickly, whether it's pick up a different dumbbell so you don't have to pile weights on and off. That's the only difference with training men to women. Do you do you think it matters to you um, the gym you train at? Like if, like if you were back in back 100%. in the day, you know, could you? I think, you know, I used to drive 45 minutes to the gym in Massachusetts just to get on different equipment. Um, some people like the atmosphere. Some people like to be, oh, I like to be around like greatness. You know, I was talking to Dave also about that. 
And, you know, he trains at the Dragon's Lair because he feels like he's surrounded by more um, hardcore bodybuilding where, you know, back in my era, like I didn't, I trained at home. So I knew that like I could self motivate myself. I didn't have to yeah. be around to showboat anything or be around. Yeah. Or, I didn't even watch people. I didn't even listen to music. Like people like, what do you listen to when you're trained? I'm like, I don't even hear the music. Like if, you know, if it's rock and roll or hip hop or whatever, classical, I don't even hear that music when I train because that's how focused I was in the sets. But I do think the gym um, atmosphere matters for some people, but I, I, I like to thrive on the equipment that the gym yeah. carries in order to get the best. So some days it's hammer strength, some days it's certain selectorized. I always liked Icarian um, flex equipment back in the day. Something that's really smooth. I mean, you talk about Powerhouse being one of the well-equipped gyms in Las yeah. Vegas. Uh, you know, very smooth equipment, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've always, I've always kind of thought if if you need to get your workout done, you can get it done at any gym. doesn't matter if it's a YMCA or Gold's I mean, gym. listen, I'm, we're used to training in the worst and the best gyms, right? Yeah. So sometimes we got to train at a hotel gym. Yeah. You know, some people use bands. Some people use body weight. Like, we've adapted to everything. So, uh, yes, I like to have a gym that's well-equipped with equipment yeah. and heavy dumbbells or whatever else, but... I'll make do with everything. You know, I'm not going to say any gym is a terrible gym versus a great gym. Yeah. It's really just what body part I have to train that day. Yeah. When you did cardio the last weeks leading up to a show, which cardio, exercise or machine, did you prefer and why? Step mill worked the best for me. It brought my glutes in for sure. Um, I did bike work, you know, early on in my career. did treadmill. Sometimes walking with a, with a longer stride on the treadmill to really kind of – build that glute to hamstring tie-in because it's so important. Uh, that was necessary. Um, but the bike will get the job done most of the time. Um, I do elliptical these days just because it's easier on my joints. Um, but I still do stairs if I really want to burn more calories in a shorter time. So if I'm doing 20-minute workouts uh, for cardio, I'll do mostly stairs because it does burn a lot more calories. It's more taxing on the body. What do you recommend to get a good pump during your workouts? food you need to have a good diet you need the muffin pump well it's you know people say that the <laughs> sugar right but yeah. i think it's the day prior food that is the glycogen in your muscles so the muscle holds glycogen which obviously keep creates fullness and it, it's your energy so i think that you need to have some sort of nutritional value to your to your program in order to feed your body and to get the best pumps. I mean, you know, is if your pump, if your eat, if your pump is really great, it usually means you're hydrated also. So you just got to make sure your water levels are really high. Um, you know, that's why people, a lot of people take pre-workouts, you know, a lot of it's hydrating, uh, but you need to have food in your diet. Um, and also a lot of hydration. Water is super important because the muscle is mostly water anyway. Yeah. And a lot of people are, uh, are dehydrated. And you just need to drink a lot of water. I've always noticed, not that I'm anyone important or anything, but when I would eat grits, I would always have a better pump Okay, when I eat grits. Faster carbohydrates. Yeah. It says, I've been lifting for a couple of years now. I wanted to switch over to your supplements. I'm now a patient of Dr. Rand. I'm trying to figure out stem or non-stem when, when to supplement aminos, post, etc. Please help me. It's so confusing. Yeah, so uh, stem or non-stem, like, listen, it depends on your age, but I think, you know, remember, caffeine and stems are going to help. Um, they're going to actually keep your 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 uh, blood vessels from opening. It's going to be restrictive. So 
um, you want to have your blood vessels open and obviously get the best pump possible. So I'm always an advocate of, you know, using more of a pump formula, whether it's citrulline um, additive, you know, add some creatine in there um, to really get a better pump. But like I said, the food is going to do that. Um, stimulants are for those days where you're really dragging. So like last night when I didn't want to get off the couch, if I would have grabbed the pre-workout, I'm sure I could have got the job done, but it was a little later. I didn't want to stay up too late. Um, it's not absolutely necessary. What I would suggest is starting off with a non-stim, uh, getting the most beneficial workouts, you know, with the hydrating and, you know, the pump formula in there. Um, I'm going to plug Amplify, of course, because uh, that's one of my products. And, uh, you know, and just hitting the gym. But just make sure the diet, and you know, is in check and also that the, the water intake is correct. Uh, it is confusing, um, but I always tell everyone you don't need supplements immediately. Like let the diet and the fluid, you know, do its work and use your motivation. Be self-motivated to do it. And that's, you know, going to be my biggest tip of, of anything. So don't confuse yourself. You know, find your way to the gym and, uh, you know, proper diet, a smart training, and, of course, hydration. That's a wrap. All right. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, once again, guys, uh, thank you for following along. And please, I'm going to say again, subscribe, share, uh, like, and please comment below. If there's any questions you guys have, we have our questions that we do answer on a weekly basis and uh, another episode in the books. And we appreciate all the response. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys uh, give us a shout out. And if you want the property of Team Cutler shirt, the Papa Smurf color. Yeah. It'll be linked in the bottom below. Go check it out. Yeah. We're out. <laughs>